Welcome to Inflection Point Moment. I'm Jeff Heyer-Jones. And I'm Rhonda Peterson. We're here today to talk tips, tricks, and resources for growth-oriented small business owners. So let's jump in. Hello, Jeff. Welcome back. Hey, Rhonda. Happy Monday. Thank you. Happy cool. Monday to you, too. 12, 16 now in the afternoon. There you Eastern. go. It's good to yeah. see you. Good to be back after taking a uh, week off for vacation and jumping back into the planning uh, planning topic uh, this yes. week, which is really setting the bullseye for 2023. It is. So there, there are a lot of questions in my mind when I hear... Oh. Well, my phone is telling we're me we're going live. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, there's a lot of questions in my mind when I hear that. Um, number one, what does a bullseye mean? And how do we set it? Yeah. That's pretty yeah. obvious. Those are uh, great questions. So, so, you know, a bullseye when you play darts, the small kind of red dot, and then the, the rings that go outside. Absolutely. So yeah. ways I like to set targets for the new year. Is okay. What's in the center of that bullseye for you in your business this year? You know, whether that's revenue, number of customers, number of new customers, whatever that is, you know, that becomes kind of that red bullseye. This is what we're aiming for. And when you think about those rings as they spread out, you know, from the the center, Mm -hmm. I always like to do, you know, the plan is the red dot, the bullseye. Here's what I'm going to meet this year. Mm -hmm amount in revenue, for example. Mm-hmm. One thing I like to do when we think about those outer rings is come up with what happens if I do better than that? What oh. would they look like? And on the flip side, if I went, you know, so you think about that bullseye, maybe it's, you know, this big, if you went right center of that and it was better, what does that look like? And then those outer rings can be, I think of them of, of degrees of missing the bullseye, but still hitting a target, meaning you're still on the dartboard. Okay. You know, maybe something happened and you couldn't adjust uh, quick enough in the business and you're still on the board, um, just not ideally where you would want to be for the year. So that's the way I like to think about setting the bullseye for the next year is, you know, what are those variations? What's the target? You know, that bullseye that mm-hmm. you want to hit, you want to be somewhere in this circle at the end of the year. And then what are some of those rings that kind of go out from that, that, you know, might not be the ideal year, but it would still be something to celebrate. You're more than broke even. You're on, you know, you still get points on the board for the year, even though it might not be where you wanted those points to be or in the numbers that you wanted to hit. So when you first, this is really fascinating, Jeff, because when you first were talking about not necessarily hitting the bullseye, I, I thought I heard you say that you might make more than what you anticipated. Who's going to be upset about that? Right. Of course, that can bring its own set of problems when you're trying to staff up or figure out a different system or process so that you can accommodate more um, business than you anticipated. Um, and just for the record, um, I'm having a little challenge with getting the chat to come up. So folks, um, we'd love to know if you're here with us 
I just don't know that I'm going to be able to respond to everything in the moment. And we'll go in after we're done today and respond to any questions that you have, because for some reason it's just doing the big circle going around and around. So anyway, um, what I first heard you talking about was um, having numbers that are bigger than your bullseye. So you got your bullseye in saying your bullseye is revenue and you make more revenue than you anticipated. Who is going to complain about that? But then I heard you say, um, almost the flip side of it, that you don't meet your revenue number, but there are other good things that you accomplish during the year. And it's not like, so I heard it, you're still on the dartboard. So, I mean, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I've certainly done it myself and seen my kids do it when they were younger. The <laughs> threw a dart at the dartboard and it's way over here and it's not even on the dartboard. Well, that would be like, okay, you have no business anymore. Is that correct? Yeah. Could You're be. out of business. <clears throat> yeah. Could be you had no business or you took a wild turn for whatever reason. <laughs> I mean, you still have a business, but maybe you just barely broke even or you lost okay. money for the year. Okay. You're, you're not on the board, right? It wasn't a profitable year, but you can still okay. operate. You haven't completely ceased to, to operate as a or business. Maybe you had to make a big pivot. I know people that during the pandemic, they had to make a massive pivot. And so during that pivot, the, that might've taken them the entire rest of that year. They, yeah. Like you said, they're still in business, but they're holding on by a thread. Yeah. And that, you know, I think that's one of the things that, and I'll give you the example for revenue. I had this happen um, last year. So I had set a revenue target for the business. Mm -hmm. Coming up at the end of the year, I was looking at the financials and it wasn't where I wanted it to be. And I'll be honest, I was kicking myself a little bit about it because it was like, man, what could I have done differently throughout the year just to get that extra push to get to where I needed to be? Uh-huh. What I didn't account for um, until I started looking at my forecast for 2022 was based on when clients joined um, as clients, uh -huh. you know, I had planned this revenue number January through December. Well, everyone that owns a business knows all of your customers don't come in January and stick with you for 12 months. <laughs> now, that's not reality. That brings up a whole nother set of questions. Yes. Yeah. So when I looked at the 2022 full year forecast with when those clients had come on, if I had a full 12 month runway with all of them, I actually exceeded that revenue goal for the year. It was just looking at the calendar year, not by a ton, um, but it was yeah, just looking at you made it. <clears throat> that really kind of gets, you know, can get you. So, you know, I say that to say I was still on the dartboard. It was a good year. Um, didn't hit the bullseye necessarily, but when I took a step back and really looked at the timing of clients and what the, the next year looked like, I was there. It was just kind of a little bit of a delayed getting there. You know, instead of looking at this from January through 1231, I really need to look at it, you know, for a full 12 months based on when when clients or projects came into the, the company. Um, you know, so that's where I like to talk about kind of these variations, right? If I didn't look at that, it would be easy to continue to kind of kick yourself on, okay, what do I need to do differently? 
but kind of looking on, all right, I'm still in the dart, on the dartboard. I'm on one of the outer rings, <laughs> you know, not quite dialed into where I wanted to be in that center, but I am, you know, I'm in the vicinity and that's something to really celebrate. Yes. Like talked about in previous weeks, that's some of the things that, you know, doubling down on some of the things that went well, some of the things that didn't go so well, you know, making some adjustments going into 2022 uh, so that I could get a, get us closer to where we, where we need to be. Well, and that, I mean, when we're talking to our clients who are businesses, small but mighty businesses that are in the growth mode, they're all going to be in that space where they have a revenue target. Every client that they're going to have at the end of the year is not going to be their client on January 1st. That's completely unrealistic because you are building your business at that point in time. You are scaling up, you are growing. So that's um, a place where, and um, I know that when you are building your revenue targets, that many times from a financial perspective, you'll take your revenue target for the year and say, I'm going to divide this by 12 and spread all the revenue and all the cost and all the good fun stuff across the year's time. But realistically, it doesn't look like this. I I came out of the consumer products background where, especially for a lot of the brands we worked on, it went like this. The year was like this. And then the holidays was like huge. The holidays were the place where all those brands that were part of the stable of Borden's back in the day. Yes, I am dating myself. But all those brands made their massive amount of money, and this is no different than any retail operation, during the last quarter of the year, because that's when people were using a lot of those products. Not not to say there was none used during the rest of the year, but the majority, the seasonality of that product was it was a holiday-related product. Yeah. And I think that's, that's an important thing to bring up is, you know, as you go through these cycles year over year, you should get a pretty good idea of what percent of your total revenue comes in by month and you can better plan for what, yeah. that, what that year mm-hmm. needs to look like, you know, in the retail space, um, you know, my bet is fourth quarter is usually heavy with the holidays, you know, so they're Absolutely. heavier weighted there than earlier in the year, say January, mm-hmm. February. Um, you know, so I think those are, are two really good points. And I think that's how you continue to build on this annual planning process. As you go through it once, you go through it twice, you get more sophisticated and more access to data year over year to know, you know, how can we better plan for revenue and expenses? Um, has your chat come up? Rhonda, we've got. I, to be things. honest with you, I kind of gave up on it because it just kept going around oh, and around. It's okay. it. Well, mine is up. Um, oh, good. So well, I'm yeah. glad you do. <laughs> yeah. So let me let me take a, a couple of these here. So oh, awesome. It says her problem is that she tends to see that she's almost hitting the bullseye and change the goal to make it harder. Quote: Moving the goalpost. So at the end of the year, I feel like I didn't hit the center. 
So that's that's interesting. I'm sure you've got some some thoughts on that one. Moving the goalpost when you're getting ready to hit the bullseye. Boy, I have a lot of questions about that. Um, I'm really curious about. Actually, I have questions and I have another thought about this that has to do with the bullseye, actually. Um, your first comments about the bullseye. So I'm really curious about what makes her d decide, oh, I'm getting close to my bullseye, so I'm going to make my goal even bigger than it was what's behind that? And if she can type that into the chat, I'd love to hear the answer. I really wish I could see it myself, but anyway. Um, and that's, that's point number one that I'd like to say about that. Point number two is a lot of times I have heard and have done this setting a good, better, best goal for the year. So if I get here, I'm going to be satisfied. If I get here, That'll be fantastic. If I get here, oh my God, that'll be amazing. And I am going to celebrate by going to Bermuda. I don't know. I'm just making it up. Just saying. Um, I, I think I know, I've heard about a place where they have butlers and what have you. when to go there. Um, but maybe that's what, if she's, in that situation where she's getting close to her goal and she says, well, I'm, I need to make my goal higher then because if I reach my goal, then what am I going to do? Um, to set those three goals would be a good way to look at that. So if I get to the bullseye, great. And if I can get even a tighter bullseye, that's better. And if I get beyond the bullseye, it's almost like it becomes three-dimensional at that point in time, then that requires a massive celebration for myself and my staff, my team that helped me get where we got to. I love I love that. Yeah, I'd, I'd say with the, the bullseye, um, I like the good, better, best because I think it's a good way to, to think about it. The other thing is, that I would also think about is depending on what time of the year that you're hitting that, you know, mm. so if you're hitting it by Q1, Q2, your goal setting targets were probably off to begin with. If it was that, if it was that easy. So you might've lowballed what you thought that you could do to make, you know, to feel good. You can check it off your list, right. That I got there early and that's easy, you know, in terms of, I think we've all done it. You know, when you have goals for a job that you tend to lowball what you think you can do so you can outperform what, you know, what you actually did for the year. Um, I think that's, you know, that's one of the, the key things. And I think the other thing is depending upon when that when that hits is looking at what learnings did you have to get there quickly? Was it that the goal was too low uh, for the year? Was it there were uh, some things that changed in the market that really exploded uh, uh -huh. your business that you didn't anticipate while you were planning, you know, is that something that's sustainable going into next year or, you know, do we need to bake that into a future goal to make it tougher or higher, or do we need to dial it down? Cause it's on, you know, it's not, ex 
we can't expect to get the same amount of growth in year two because we had this anomaly. Yeah. Um, Like like a company that because of the pandemic had exponential growth. For instance, Peloton. (laughs) They are a good example of that. Uh, Yep, that is. Now, Yasmin just uh, responded. She said she thinks uh, just like things... I think I just like things to be hard on me, LOL. I tend to make a goal, and then when I'm about to hit it, I'm like, oh, I can change it. At the end of the year, I'm wondering why I didn't get to the new goal instead of being happy getting to the first goal. She likes the good, better, best approach. So it's a a great way to to think about that. Um, Yasmin, we'd love to hear from you kind of as you're going through this next year, what that that looked like for you. but I do think it is, you know, it is something important to make sure you celebrate those milestones when, when, yes. you get, um, for sure. And then I agree. Like, and, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, I'm, I may go. Okay. I'm going to say this and then I'm going to quit on this. I'm curious what it is about reaching the goal and then having to set another one as opposed to being not that you shouldn't keep going. Cause I'm not saying that at all, but What's with not being okay with just the satisfaction of reaching the goal and then saying, oh, I've reached my goal. Well, I can, I can do more. It's really interesting because it sounds like before she actually gets to the goal, she sets the next one. And I, you know, that could be a conversation on the side. Yasmin, I'd love to have a conversation with you about that. Just saying. So anyway, okay. On to the next question. I I was going to say, I I can share from my, my competitive side. It's, you know, if that were me, it's Mm -hmm. because now I've got a new target that I got to hit and I got to work twice as hard between now and December to try and hit this milestone to see how high I can, how high I can take this goal in, in one year. So I, I could see it. I'm not saying that's, uh, Yasmin isn't, is or is not competitive, but I, you know, I tend to compete with myself and if I'm getting close I'm going to try and ratchet it up to see, can I push myself to do that much more, you know, over X number of months. Okay. Yeah, that's good. So we've also got Timothy um, asks, how often can we change our goals slash bullseye throughout the year? Okay. Process and systems guy. Yeah. What's your answer? That one's um, interesting. I I like, I'll take it back to Rhonda's good, better, and best. Um, You know, overall, I think changing the goals bullseye, in my view, can be a little bit of a slippery slope for Mm. a couple of reasons. One, um, if you're, let's say, let's take it one path first. So if you're digesting and you're moving your bullseye down because it doesn't look like you're going to meet it. Let's say come June, you try to trend out where you are the first six of the month, half of the month and half of the year, and it's not going to make it by year end. Um, Doing that, I think sometimes tends to give people an excuse not to push harder. Um, Some people will, some people won't, but I think it's kind of an easy, an easy out, right? My planning was off. So I'm going to just adjust this and cut the goal. I'm making this up in half this year because half is what I can reasonably do. Mm -hmm. Uh, What 
I like to do before adjusting one of those is trying to go back on was something wildly off in the planning that, you know, I had some assumptions that were going to happen that are just unrealistic. Those assumptions are not going to come true. And the whole plan was built around these two or three key assumptions and neither one of them have happened. You know, it might make sense to make an adjustment to the goal or the bullseye. Um, If the assumptions aren't way off, the second part of that is, you know, I would focus on what would I need to do to still make this a reality yet this year, you know, this particular goal. And, you know, right now we're talking about annual kind of bullseye. I think one of the things that's probably really important to talk to based on Timothy's um, question is how do you break that down into monthly or weekly goals? Or even 90 day goals. Or even 90 day goals. So, you know, you think about earlier, you had mentioned, you know, when revenue comes in and the consumer products being heavy in fourth quarter. You know, if you know that about your business and let's say in June, you're not close to making it, but you know that the majority of your revenue comes in Q4, it might be too premature to adjust, you know, to adjust that, that bullseye or that goal. You know, the other thing about adjusting um, bullseyes or as Yasmin says, you know, moving the goalpost, if you have teams that work for you and you have bonuses or incentive comp structures or things tied to that. Yeah. Um, it's a really not super great message if you're always changing, whether it's moving it out and making them harder or moving them back so people achieve them. Um, you know, I think that's where having a good plan and in a planning process and being pretty good and conservative in what you believe is likely to happen, you know, it kind of that, good, you know, maybe you set your goals at the good and then the the better and best, you know, the pot just gets sweetened if you hit those, you know, but, but be reasonable. There's another client that I've, I've done some work for that, you know, they know what their growth rate is year over year, and they tend to set their goals one to two percentage points below that. Um, just as their, their baseline kind of their good. And then, you know, better is actually meeting what they think is likely plus a little bit extra. And then best is, you know, if we go more than three, four, five percent greater in growth over last year, that's like a really great, a great thing for us. So, you know, some of this is a little bit, I'll call it a little bit more of an art form than a science too. That's so you true. Know, no magic formula for setting you know, what the bullseye looks like. Um, and each one, each time you do that, you know, the goal is really how do you get better and have more data and more insights to set those more effectively, you know, every year. So, yeah. So um, going back to what Tim, will you read Tim's question again? Because I had a little bit different take. on. I, I think everything you said was really important, but I'd like to shade a little bit differently on it, but I, I need to hear the question again. Yeah. So Timothy's uh, question was, how often can we change our goals slash bullseye throughout the year? Okay. And so we, and you were talking about being careful about how we adjust the goal for a lot of reasons that you, you had great reasons. Um, what I was thinking about in hearing his question is 
I'm not so sure that we should adjust the goal at different points during the year, unless we're just finding out. So say we introduced a new product and we're realizing that something is not where we anticipated it being with the new product. Well, maybe we need to change our actions we're doing in some way. How are we going to market with it? Um, what's our focus around this? What is our messaging? And are we talking to the right people? That's what I would be doing before I changed my goals around that. Make sense? Yeah. No, that is good. Um, Timothy asked, can we set up monthly bullseyes as well as annual? And my short answer is absolutely. So if you think about setting that that annual goal, right? Yes. On whatever that annual target is, one of the things that I like to do is take that and break it down to, for me, it's easy to go monthly or go from, excuse me, annually to quarterly looking at 90 days and then from 90 days down to 30 days. Um, you know, so I'll yes. have incremental 30 day things that I need to hit that if I hit each one of those 30 day kind of bullseyes, the 90 day will be met. And if I can hit four 90 day kind of time frames, the year will be, will be hit. So, you know, setting up monthly, um, I've even, uh, seen some business owners I work with that have them daily, um, so those that are in kind of more of a retail environment, they know how much money their, their retail establishment needs to make per day in order mm-hmm. to hit what they need for the month and then the 90 day and then, you know, for the year, um, you know, so I think that the more granular that you can get those without it becoming super burdensome is better because you can, it's easier to course correct on a daily or weekly or monthly than it is on a semi-annual or annual basis. Absolutely. And this is where it goes, I think, a little bit to the art form, Um, you know, as well. Yeah, you could scientifically build an Excel spreadsheet with all kinds of formulas and things, right, to, to tell you if you're on track or not. But at some point, the the juice isn't worth the squeeze on that, you know, where it might just not make sense that, hey, monthly might be good enough. You might not need a daily, um, you know, industries where that might make sense is more retail type environment where, you know, you might be using Square or some other POS that can give you right. sales by day with a click of a button pretty easily. And you can know, did you have a good day? Here's what good looks like. Here's what better. And here's what best looks like on a day-to-day basis. But in a lot of businesses, you know, monthly might be, might be good enough. You or know, even weekly. Or and- even weekly. I mean, I, I know that there are um, some roles that are in sales, for instance, where you need to make X number of sales calls per day in order to get enough calls in to find the people that you need to be talking to, to sell yeah. your product. Yeah, um, I'm thinking about that. I'm also thinking about in the retail space to know your daily numbers, but to not be so tied into them at a granular level that you can't go back out to the weekly and monthly level and say, okay, today I was down by 50 bucks, 
but I know the weekend's coming and I'm going to be up by 200 or, yeah. or, you know, I have a food, food cart and I'm, I mean, talk about a random example, but I have a food cart and Monday and Tuesday. So my goal for every day is $500. I don't know, making it up. Well, Monday and Tuesday, if I get 150 bucks, I'm really good. But Thursday and Friday, I am cranking up the hot dogs with the sauerkraut on them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so you have to look at the day or the week and then also look out on a, a broader level. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Okay, yes, next question. Said, yeah, she said, yep, it's the competition with myself. Uh, I so her and I must be cut from a very similar cloth in terms of wanting to, to set that next goal and kind of ratchet up from there. You know, but a lot of this, you know, really is about having the plan, you know, creating it, working the plan, and then consistently assessing where you're at in hitting this bullseye. Are you in the drywall five feet away from the board? <laughs> Um, you know, which, if, that's, if that's the case, that might give you a little bit of, um, you know, there might be other things that you need to do to course correct to get back on that, you know, perfect example could be, you know, the contacts, you know, how many contacts or networking or people do you need to meet to generate, you know, those opportunities for the sale. And it's, you know, you know this, Rhonda, it's a marketing funnel. How much stuff do you put in at the top of the funnel to get it to filter and filter and filter until you eventually get down to a sale? Yes. You know, and those are, those are all things that you can start to build out as you get more and more disciplined with this planning process and start to know how many people do I need to talk to if I need to get two new customers a week or 10 new customers a week? How many people do I need to interact with to ultimately get 10 customers a week? You know, and, and you do that um, and do this plan uh, enough, it becomes kind of like a math problem, a little bit of a pro problem solving math problem, a little bit of art in there, you know, to kind of tweak yeah. on the edge to see how you're going to get to that. Yeah, that that is a, a great way to phrase that. Um, and the fact that it is an art and the other thing is the more you do it, the more you understand how to do it. Because in the beginning, it's really an experiment. It's an experiment to figure out. So where are these people and how do I connect with them? And then once it gets going, I mean, um, the wheel, the, um, you know, once it gets going, then the wheel starts turning and it becomes much easier and other people are making those connections for you, which is a beautiful thing. Yes. So, yeah, and, and you have the person that you've worked with before that is wanting to come back and work with you again, like Miss Yasmin with her um, glitter bombing websites and knowing that people eventually are going to need their uh, website glitter bombed in a new way. So yeah, that's, this kind of planning, and Jeff, I will say, thank God for your forms that you're creating for us that we're going to be sharing with people next week when we finish up our planning series, because those kinds of forms and the way we think about it from that standpoint are critical. We can talk to it all we want, but, but pencil to paper 
or, you know, numbers on the computer, however you want to do it is eventually what you got to do in order to do a planning process that will help you drive your business forward. Yeah, it is absolutely true. And it's, you know, I, I don't know who said it, but someone said, you know, failure to plan is planning to fail, you know, and I've got um, a session here in about another week with my business that we're going through uh, to kind of look at everything, you know, just what we've been talking about over these four weeks, looking at everything, what's worked well, what hasn't worked so well, where do we need to make adjustments, you know, and part of this, this setting the target and this planning thing should also be looking at your expenses as a company, um, oh, yeah. you know, so knowing what that expense posture is, um, you know, where are you spending money and are you getting clients from that money spend? Um, you know, every year that's part of my, my planning as I go through and look at different places that I've made, you know, investments in the business, whether it's in technology, um, networking, sponsorships, whatnot on, you know, what do we need to do overall? Um, you know, and do I need to make adjustments? I don't want to put, you know, $500 on black 21 this year. I want to put it on red five if you play roulette, right? And just kind of making- You were in the casino last week. <laughs> no, I was not at the casino last week. I don't know why that in, but really thinking through a lot of that overall and figuring out, you know, what does that, because that, that interplays with your objectives and your, that bullseye for the year in particular- yeah. You know, most organizations exist to make money. And if you have a profit goal that you want to hit um, overall, for whatever the reason is, whether it's to grow the business, grow your wealth, you know, help more customers, whatever. Um, all of the above. All yeah. of the above, right? The, the two things that go into that is you can get top line growth by acquiring more companies or you control, you know, your bottom line expenses, um, and some of that is making sure that you take that critical look at where are you making investments in your business? You know, I've got a couple pieces of software that I put on the chopping block going into the planning because we're just, you know, it's not good or bad. It's not that's bad software. It's just we're not using it the way that I thought we were, you know, last year when I made a year long investment all at once in, in certain software packages that I thought would be great to help us grow the business. They ended up not panning out that way, uh -huh. which is okay. But, you know, I'm also know enough on when those are going to renew to get the cancellations. And so I don't end up paying for another year, by yeah. but that's another great, a great thing. Um, we've got Good another morning. question from Timothy. Should I have this bullseye set up prior to our annual team retreat? Or is this something we should work on at the retreat? Well, there's a question for you. Do we know what kind of business Timothy's in? I don't. Tim, if you can maybe add to the um, the chat what kind of business that you're in. Um, or so, just in general. He doesn't have to be super specific. But yeah. um, Do you want to take this one first or you want me to? No, I want you to go first and then... And then if I have feedback, I'll chime in. Cause you know, I always have an opinion. <laughs> then you can tell me if I'm wrong or not. No. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I know, I know, I know what you're up to Rhonda. So Timothy said he's in the mortgage business. Oh, okay. Um, so one of the things that 
I personally, and you know, leader to leader, I think this is slightly different and business owner to business owner, but my personal preference is doing that with a team. Um, and for a couple reasons, one, um, you get to see the thought process of everyone on, on the team on how they're thinking about what the goal needs to look like. Mm-hmm. And that discussion, you can, I think, glean a lot of things as the leader or the business owner. The other thing I really like about bringing uh, teams in on this as part of a retreat is it gives them ownership in the outcomes. You know, this just so isn't true. the manager or the owner saying we're going to do X this year. You know, it's a collective and you get a lot out of that. Um, some people would say, you know, it's a lot easier for me just to say this is what we're going to do. I own the business and then let the team be a part of executing it. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, my style is just very different in terms of I'd rather be very uh, transparent and collaborative with a team and get their thoughts as well. Um, and I've been a part of both, you know, and, and some of that could be, I'll call personality types, you know, that personality. Yeah, I did hear the word collaboration in there, Jeff. And I know that that's something that you're really all about. And I yes. love collaborating too. So uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I think that there's different ways, but my, you know, my preference is to have everyone be a part of it. And there's actually a fun exercise I've done in the past with groups is have everyone on a a post-it note, right? What they think the expectation should be for the year and why, and you'll get, depending upon how big your team is, you'll get a wide variety of answers. Mm -hmm. And there's kind of this process of fine tuning, that wide variety of from X to Y down to what's actually the number that we're going to hit. And it's, I've done this with several groups before in in planning, and it's always been good to hear a lot of the dialogue and from different functional leaders on why they think that it should be X. And then ultimately, you know, the, the business owner makes, gets to make the decision or the leader gets to make the decision after hearing everyone out and acknowledging everyone's input on here's mm-hmm. what we're going to do. And it's a great way to do that. Um, and not just to do that, but I think having clarity before January for the team. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's nothing worse than going into the January working for someone and not knowing what the plan is or what the goal is that we're trying to hit. You know, some organizations wait until March to give those out. It, to me, the quarter is already done. It's kind of late. I was going to say, you only have nine months left to meet the, uh, well, yeah. Yeah. The so I, That's uh, insane. Sorry. Yeah, Not that I have an Like I said, Rhonda has an opinion. <laughs> yeah. My preference is to do it. Do it as a part of a group and get it done before the end of the year. So everyone's clear on where, where the business is going you know, what the goals and the expectations are for the year. And everyone has a collective interest and ownership in what that looks like. Absolutely. I love what you said, Jeff. Hey, you were right. No, I'm just kidding. I was like, wait a minute. Oh yeah, this is going to be recorded. So I can play back just that. (laughs) You were right. Yeah. Yes. We can play back the, Hey, you were right. Um, I'm thinking that as the group is coming together and identifying what that um, what the number is, that's a great place to identify the good, better, best number. 
um, assuming you have a team of a size that you can do this with them. And not only that, but figuring out if we get to that best thing, what does that group believe is the celebration of best that the group together wants to do? So that, that, I mean, I'm just like all over that. And I want to tell you a story of the opposite of this with someone who is in sales, um, who happens to be my sister. She's going to love me telling this story on her, but trust me, she'll never know that I did it. Um, she's been in sales for a lot of years. We'll just phrase it that way for a major corporation. And for many years, she was one of their, this is a national organization and she had a territory that it's it's grown and morphed over time. We'll phrase it that way. And for many years, she was in the top 10. She was, she was going on a trip every year. It was an awesome thing. She loved that. Don't blame her for that. She's still known as one of their top salespeople, but the sales quotas that she, the annual sales quotas, that she was given that came down from on high in the last several years have been extremely stretch, but she had no input into what was realistic for that number. And oh, it has wow. caused some pretty major resistance. So it's just an interesting thing. Fortunately, if somebody from that company would um, hear me say that they'll never know that she's my sister because our last name's not the same. So there you go. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> well, no, Rhonda said that this just isn't, it's too unreasonable. And, you know, I think that's the thing that you run, run the risk of is when you yeah. do these things from top down, um, you know, sometimes you're not the best person, you know, you can have a lot of data and a lot of things, but sometimes, you know, having a discussion with the team on what's reasonable, um, you know, and even things that they see or experience that you may not see or experience as a business owner, you good know, point. really help yeah. shape what that good, better and best look like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to, it is, um, Jeff, when we got on, we were like, well, we'll see how long this goes today. <laughs> Always depends on those really amazing questions from the people that are here on the call with us. And thank you to Yasmin and Timothy for chiming in, asking questions, engaging the conversation, because it makes what we're talking about so much richer. Here we are. It's almost one o'clock. We got to get going. I know that you got things going on. So it's been we great do. being with you today. Yes, it's been great being with everyone. Timothy, Yasmin, thanks so much for participating today with these great questions. And we'll be back uh, next Monday. Same yes, we time, will. Station. With our final planning um, session for the year. So for final planning session for the 2023 year. So yeah, have a great week. See you next week. See you next week. Welcome to Inflection Point Moment. I'm Jeff Heyer-Jones. And I'm Rhonda Peterson. We're here today to talk tips, tricks, and resources for growth-oriented small business owners. So let's jump in.